Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey, well, aren't you the resourceful one? This is so ingenious. Thank you. I can tell you're going to be something when you grow up. That's the plan. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me as we give you some really good practical and observable wisdom smacks to help you with your field guide to resourcefulness. Yep, I'll see you on the flip. All right, so let's get into it. Today, we're going to be talking about a field guide to resourcefulness. Now, the reason why I'm naming this a field guide is because uh, resourcefulness is not just something that you have to do. It also has a, a big component that those people that can use it do so much more. And with this quote unquote field guide, it is a way for you to go out into your environment and be able to recognize resourcefulness be resourceful and all of that. So now, of course, you know how we do here. Let's break down this this word of resource and then resourcefulness. So a resource is that source or supply or aid, especially one that can be readily drawn upon when, when needed. It is money or it's property that can be converted into money or assets. And so to be resourceful is a person who has the ability to skillfully and promptly deal with new situations, difficulties, and convert uh, liabilities or objects or things into resources. And remember, a resource is something that has a value, a usefulness, or something that can be converted into a money or an asset, okay? So that's how we look at a resource in our current understanding of it. Now, it's not exhaustive, y'all, because I'm going to tell you that when you go back through and you look at the etymology of the word, again, uh, it's the same thing. It means uh. Uh, to that you have a way of supplying a want or a deficiency. It's a source or a spring. So it's something that is producing good uh, all the time. And it also means to rally or raise again or rise again uh, as in resurgence. And so that's another component of a resource. And so again, Looking at this word of resource, resourceful, and being and having resourcefulness means that in its uh, genesis of the word, that you have the ability to spring up, to source for things, to rise up, to rise again, or to be resurgent. And so you can see the power in the word. I, I'm hoping you can see it or hear it or whatever. 
But it's a very powerful word. So now that we've got that out the way, thank you for letting me do that. Let's really get into this. Now, the thing I want to say about this is resourcefulness resembles adaptability. And we've talked about the need for being adaptable, highly adaptable uh, in this uh, on this show many times in many different episodes. And I'm going to say it again, that if you want to make sure that you don't fall by the wayside or struggle, One of the things you're going to do is learn how to become flexible and how to strengthen your ability to learn on the fly, to change and not get too attached to something as the way it should be done, because that is no longer the case, whether it be something that has been well established or something that is new, the whole, um, not the whole, but uh, a part of moving forward with that is how adaptable you are. And then on the flip side of that is how adaptable you are and resourceful. Okay, so here it is, the wisdom trying to, you know, get you to understand this. Now, there is a quote that I I wanted to put out. I've been meaning to say it, but I I just want to make sure I say it because uh, I've gotten a few questions from people. And I'm like, did you not hear what we said? It wasn't a put down. It was just I was really questioning that. And so I want to just put this out there. And that is the lips of understanding are closed except to the ears of understanding. Um, Excuse me, the lips of wisdom. I I messed it up, (laughs) y'all. The lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding. And so what that means is, is that if you're not quite getting something, do it again, go over it, over and over it, because wisdom makes you work for her. She doesn't necessarily just give you everything on the nose. She's going to make you work a little bit, because when you work, when you peel back those layers, you're going to gain so much more, so much complexity, many layers, uh, many uh, understandings. And she's going to take those multitude of understandings and turn them into a unified front where you know that you know that you know, because wisdom takes uh, knowledge and information and turns it into all of these almost if infinite possibilities of how it can be expressed. And so just understand that. If you don't understand something, yes, definitely reach out to me. I'll help you as best I can and understand that with wisdom, that means that you're actually operating in the realm of wisdom because she is doing a work on you. Okay. All right. So with that being said, I want to give a shout out to the mascot of the squirrel. Now, when I think about the squirrel, I think about resourcefulness. The squirrel is always quote unquote squirreling away for a rainy day, for the winter, for the time when there is no harvest. And so when if I were to make a cover for a actual field guide to resourcefulness, I would have a squirrel running around looking for his nuts. Uh, that sounds different. Okay, look, looking for you know his sustenance, his his assets or whatever. Okay, that's that would be the mascot. And why is that? It is because that. One of the things that you don't see, you don't see squirrels hunting in packs. Now, I'm not saying that they don't go out and do stuff together and work together, but you see each squirrel doing what is needed to secure the bag. And we've done a podcast about that. You see squirrels actively going after what it is that they need to be self-sustainable, self-reliant, and those types of things. And that's why I tend to really love the energy of the squirrel, the squirrel um, 
is very um, uh, moving a lot, uh, goal-getting, very um, assertive. It's like watching Spirit in Motion when you look at the squirrel, all right? So let's take that energy of the squirrel to know that it's going to take a lot of movement. You're not going to be sluggish or slothful with this. You're going to have to move like somebody and work through uh, what it takes to become resourceful. And don't worry if you don't feel like, oh, that's me or I can do that. This is a skill that can be trained. And that's what I like about uh, becoming resourceful and adaptable. So let's start it off by just a few diagnostic questions so that when we get into this field guide section, you'll be set up to really get the best out of it. So I want to ask you, what skills do you have that allow you to see things and then turn them into assets that can be converted into money? Or has there ever been a time when you observed something or you saw a need for something and you were able to either do it or come up with a good idea for it? Okay. The next one is, what skills do you have that allow you to do this kind of thing where you're able to create things, ideas, and services, and then turn them into assets that can be converted into money? Okay. And then the last one is, not the last one, but the last of the three that I'm going to ask to get you ready for the field guide is, have you ever seen, observed, or recognized, or or come to a point where you had a problem? And if so, how did you solve that problem? Okay. So if you are catching my drift, for some of you, you will recognize that these questions sound an awful lot like a job interview question, right? Uh, Have you ever had a time when, or tell me about the time when, and all of that. We're going to be talking a a little more about practical questions versus theoretical ones, because that's part of the field guide. But I just want you to start uh, thinking about those things, because that is going to be part of the makeup of uh, how you become resourceful. So with that being said, let's move into our field guide section. Yay. All right. So now this field guide, imagine if you will, you are out and about and imagine that you don't have any funds. You don't have any monies or assets to your name. You are basically without shelter, without food uh, and without friend. And you are out in a new environment with nothing. And you need everything. And so that is where we're going to be starting. That is how our field guide starts. And that's the environment we're painting. How do you do you turn in what uh, you need out of, quote unquote, thin air? And you guys, this is what resourcefulness really is. Yesterday, I talked about Dungeon Diaries and I talked about what games can teach us. And one of the things that I realized is that whenever you start on these games, they start you here. And those people who have the the gift or the skill of resourcefulness do very well from the rip. But those who don't, the t- the game tends to teach you how to be resourceful. And it is it's an amazing thing. And I was like, wow, people are learning this. And so I just wanted to let you know that it is a learnable skill. 
So one of the, not one, here are some of the things that you will glean just by going through those three questions that I just asked you. Number one, you will start to become aware of the idea or the, or the knowledge that you have to be observant of your surroundings to look for opportunities to gain resources. Resources are not going to just be plopped down at your feet like you went to the grocery store and said, I'll have this, this and that. No, resources usually appear in the wild. They usually appear in raw form. And only those who have trained a trained eye can see what can be from the raw form. The next one was uh, more about the skills that you have. Do you have a skill where you are a great, maybe you're a great critical thinker and you're able to critically go through and assess raw information and turn it into something with a great message that the masses can get? Or maybe you have a skill of woodworking and you can take a piece of wood, go out, cut it down and turn it into something of high use. Uh, Side note, there is a channel that I've been watching. It's a gentleman. His name is, um, I don't remember, Sean, something with a J on the end. But he has a, a YouTube channel called uh, Self-Reliance. And I enjoy the channel. It's, a lot of people enjoy the channel. He's a Canadian um, businessman turned um, uh, off gritter. Uh, I don't think he's into survival, the survival niche, but he documents how he went out into the woods, cut down trees, and from that he was able to build a little cabin, a sauna, an outdoor kitchen, and a whole bunch of different things And he uh, that's off the grid. And it's an amazing feat because what you're seeing is, is you're seeing not only self-reliance, but you're seeing a uh, masterclass in resourcefulness. Okay, so, you know, that's another example of it. And then the third one, the third question was, is to help you to become very good at problem solving. Uh, and when you're able to problem solve, you move into that entrepreneurial land where that means that not only are you able to do things for yourself and for others in like goods and um, services, but when you become a problem solver, you're able to get paid for your creative assessment of things. And most people say, oh, you can't, you can't make a lot of money if you don't know how to do this or that. Not, I, I, I know the camp that talks about if you don't produce a product, you're not really someone. And that's, that's not the case either. Um, because there are a lot of people whose product is the awakening of other people's minds to help other people become self-reliant, resourceful and the like. You see what I did right there? You see, you see, you Anyway, uh, so there are uh, just a, a whole bunch of uh, things that are there for the taking. So let's get to this guide. Now that we understand that we need to have an eye to see uh, potential, to see things in their raw form, and to see what they can become. We also need to have skills that can turn these things into something, whether it be a good, a product, or, you know, or a service. And then we need to have an ability to problem solve, to fix what is wrong. And uh, so going into this field guide with those three things that we understand, what I want to, to set you up for is that when you are looking at becoming resourceful in your world, the outcome should be that you'll be able 
to take care of yourself, become self-reliant, self-sufficient. You'll be able to earn either more income or more earnings in general. You'll be able to become a resource for others. And you will become a person who is highly favored, highly influential, um, and and uh, who is uh, esteemed, whether it be by reputation or uh, by production of what you produce. When you start working and understanding what it takes to be resourceful, uh, to identify resources, and to do it in the in your everyday world. Okay, so here you go, our field guide. So the first thing is, is personal skills. So we're going to break this down. I'm going to tell you the the different ones and then we're going to go through each one of them. So for your field guide, you're going to have to work on personal skills, observational skills, timing, and uh, I for potential. All right, so personal skills, observational skills, timing, and an eye for potential. These are going to be four components of uh, getting you started to become resourceful, to become highly adaptable, and to become proficient at answering those three things that we we talked about of being able to see uh, what can be converted into an asset or a money, to be able to do things that provide goods, services, and opportunities to other people, and to become a problem solver, whether it be through critical thinking, um, uh, through uh, analytical thinking, through creative uh, thinking, or whatever, all right? So if you want to command more income, more earnings, or a better way of life, if you want to change your life, you must sharpen your resourcefulness skill. It's, It's just a given. And to do that, let's break these down. So in personal skills, with the, with your personal skills, you should be able to provide a good, a service. You should be able to either create or craft something, or you should be able to provide a platform. So let me talk about these. On the one side, when you're talking about doing things that increase your income or your earnings, and we've talked about that in a different podcast called uh, Why You Make What You Do. Uh, income in and salaries, wages, and those things are things you receive from a job or somebody paying you for something. Whereas your earnings can include your income, but your earnings can also be royalties, residuals, uh, payments from people, stock dividends, all of those different things. And earnings a lot of times come from if you have diversified opportunities for income, as well as is if you are a uh, business or uh, someone who is self-employed. All right. So. That's on the one side where you're offering goods and services and and those types of things. And then there are platforms. If you really want to escalate your your earnings, especially, you will learn uh, to embrace and uh, make platforms. Now, a platform is something that is provided uh, and it gives other people opportunities to come in and make use of it to build their earnings. 
You notice I didn't say salaries because a platform doesn't hire people. It doesn't have employees uh, on the platform. Now you can have employees to build a platform, but it doesn't uh, have people come in and be employees of it. So let me give you some examples of platforms. So a platform would be your social media that we use, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of these are platforms and people come on to them and they use them. So a lot of times they tout it as using it for social interaction, but a lot of people quickly figure out how to use these platforms to uh, uh, strengthen and grow their income through business. Okay. Whereas if you are providing a good or a service, you might go on to that platform to get other people to uh, be aware of or even use your good or service. So that's something that you can be aware of in your personal skills. So in this field guide, learn how to understand whether you offer a good, a service, or a platform. All right. The observational skills. Now, the observational skills, I'm going to give you something uh, that other people uh, have uh, asked me, well, how do I how do I start doing this? And when I tell them these two things, they're like, hmm, I would have never thought about that. So hopefully this will help you with observational skills. It's not just the idea of looking around and seeing what you can see as in just your eyeballs. It's where you learn how to truly identify the real problems because this is going to really help with problem solving as well. Not only recognizing resources, but your problem solving. Uh, this is where you're going to be able to truly recognize true problems that will help you and others create assets or goods, services, and platforms. Okay, so the one thing that I have learned is that to build observational skills, you would think that you would only pay attention to what you see so that you could have bigger and greater deducement of stuff. And that is true, but there is another component to it. And here it is, pay attention. If you've made it to this point, please pay attention to this. Come back, gather yourself and focus. And that is you need to develop the skill of asking the right questions. And the right questions uh, start with these two types, theoretical and practical. Now, don't zone out it's real easy so when you're asking a theoretical question the reason why you want to ask a theoretical question is because a theoretical question is going to help you to understand a person's thought processes it's going to help you to identify use things there's this book i'm reading about design uh, i'm not going to list it yet because i haven't finished it but it's very interesting and it even talks about how um, the mental processes of humans and how um, if you want to have great design of your products, then you'll learn um, how to go through similar processes. And they don't necessarily, as of this point where I'm in the book, they don't know, they don't break it down as to theoretical versus practical questions, but that's what they're saying. So with a theoretical question, if you don't already know, it's usually going to be something that's based on theory, or it's going to be kind of abstract. It's going to be a theory that lives out in the mental sphere. And uh, it's not going to be a hypothetical because with a hypothetical, that's a conjecture that you set out to prove. Whereas a theoretical something is going to be questions like, imagine if, what would you do if you could? Why? You know, it'll have these words like, what would you do? Imagine if, why is this? And and so it's big questions, it's meta questions. and. Like for instance, imagine if you woke up in a pond 
full of alligators. What would you do? All right. So that's where you have your theory. And going through these questions of why does this always do this or, or that? It allows you to start investigating the different avenues that people go down of how they negotiate their world. Remember from yesterday, everything in life is negotiable, everything, and how they come up with what they come up with. And it also helps you uh, by using theoretical questions to s not get stuck in the rut of your own thinking of how you think, not making the mistake of thinking that the way I think is how everybody thinks. And therefore, when you go out to uh, become very resourceful, you don't just come up with ideas and products for people who have to be just like you. No, you can start at that point. But by going through this theoretical exercise, you start to figure out and look at creative ways to approach something because not everybody is going to answer the question about being stuck, wake, waking up in a pond full of alligators and what would you do? They, they're not going to answer that the same way. So it kind of almost forces you to think outside of yourself and to think more creatively. And then the next one is practical. Now, practical um, uh, words, uh, not words, practical questions, they are made so that they put into action or practice something. Uh, again, they are not theoretical or just ideals. Um, the practical, it refers to um, an idea that has taken on legs with a plan and it's capable of doing something. It also, a practical question, it, uh, causes you to go back into the archives of your memories or to look and see what others have done so that you can come up with ways to execute, to move. When I'm working with people on implementation and execution plans, a lot of times I start with a theoretical question or set of questions, and then I move them into practical questions. Now, a lot of times I'm not telling them I'm doing this, but this is so that we can get that person I can get that person to uh, explore possibilities and then go from their experience to come up with a plan. So practical questions are going to be questions like, tell me a time when you saw a problem. Tell me what the problem was and what you did to solve it. That's going to be a practical question. Now, if, it, if you've gone through um, an interview process in the last... 40, not 40, 30 years, a lot of times you've been, you've encountered very practical questions. These questions are asking you for the ABCs and the one, two, threes of what you did, what can be done or how you would fix something. They are not about the ideal. They're not about theory. They're not about ab abstract. They are actual tangibles. And so by going through understanding how to form your theoretical questions and then from there going and looking at practical ways to solve the questions that the theoretical questions uh, brought up, you're going to in, uh, increase your observational skill so that when you take in something, you observe something, then you move into the theory of how it can be used or how you can turn it into something. And after that, you start asking the practical questions to turn your theories into actions. Now, I hope you guys are seeing how powerful that is in your field guide of being useful because we're all about serving up wisdom and wisdom wants to smack you real good with this, that increasing your personal skills is really great. 
But when you get those observational skills going, yes, of course, still observe your surroundings. Look for opportunity. But I'm going to tell you, a lot of times people don't see the opportunities uh, and see things in the raw because they're not willing to go through the theoretical and practical question process to um, uncover or drill down below the hard surface of the raw to see the potential. And we're going to be talking about realizing this potential in a minute. All right. So moving on from that, in this field guide of resourcefulness, not only do I want you to make sure you're aware of your personal skills and to up your observational skills, we also want to have a knack for timing. Timing is real important because timing comes into knowing when something is about to peak knowing when it's time to harvest for the winter, or even knowing when it's time to change course or stop going in a certain direction. Uh, There is this book that I've talked about many times called Play Bigger. And it's this concept of how to become a person who owns your little niche of what you do. And they use words like category kings and category designers. But when you step back and look at what that author, the authors, because it's a group of them, is actually also saying, they are talking about understanding your timing, understanding your placement, and understanding your opportunity. Because they talk about being a category designer, but also being a category harvester. They do case studies to show you where, okay, you, you've come in and you've owned this, not because you got here first, but because you were able to be resourceful in the field. And once you're there, understand when it's time to design, And then when it's time to harvest or to recoup some of the value of what you've produced to go out there and um, to recoup that and bring that into yourself, your company or whatever so that you can survive. So part of that resourcefulness that people don't necessarily uh, give uh, credence to is that there is a certain amount of timing that comes in because If you don't understand when something is about to peak or if it has peaked and all you're looking at is the opportunity, you might be coming in on the tail end where all of the main and easy value has been done. And now you're doing it the hard way because you're doing uh, monkey see, monkey do, me too uh, marketing or me too um, income harvesting. And And then you wonder why, well, this person did it and they were no better than me. It might have been because they had this skill of timing and they knew when to get in and they know when to get out. All right. So that knack of timing is important. And the next one is uh, having that eye for potential, being able to evaluate, recognize and use the great resources, meaning that you have an eye for the creative, um, meaning that you're able to take the mundane, common, everyday objects Uh, people and opportunities and turn them into the magnificent. And that is a skill that takes a lot of time. And it is a component of everything that we've talked about before. So uh, having uh, that eye for potential is going to be something that you're always working on, always sharpening and always uh, making use of to grow it. So guess what, you guys? Yes, my time is up. I thank you for yours. I really want you to go out and make use of this field guide for resourcefulness. And don't forget to use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ for all your Amazon needs to help support the show. And I'm going to see you tomorrow. 
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.